views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to Lime Talk Radio with Dr. Pat Basili, epic healing for an epic life. This inspiring show highlights leading-edge solutions, groundbreaking research, headline topics, and tools for holistic healing and wellness. This hit show is dedicated to raising awareness, promoting advocacy and prevention, and supporting initiatives for optimal health. Dr. Pat is passionate and focused on life-saving results reaching far beyond Lyme disease, providing a forum for powerful stories, heart-opening experiences, and hope-activated solutions. Dr. Pat will shine a light on the many shades of Lyme disease fueled by a body-mind-spirit remedy. Now here's your host, Dr. Pat. Everybody, it is so great to be connecting with all of you. Thank you for tuning us in, turning us on. I am so excited about what we're planning. And of course, many of you know the Dr. Pat Show. You certainly know some of the other things we've done, Transformation Talk Radio and our new venue, Transformation Radio, where we're launching our own health wellness channel, an entire channel, 24-7 programming, live in-studio producers, and some of the most incredible thought leaders of our time when it comes to wellness. And you know what? I have got one of those people joining me here today. You know, you ever wonder about how it is in your life that you step down a path and you're thinking, man, I'm doing pretty good. But wait a minute, wait a minute. All of a sudden, one day, you come down, maybe, what is it? It's a mystery disease, or maybe not. And what is it about that journey that changes your life? But how about before the journey? How about the things that that are happening in your body? Yeah, the allergy solution. Unlock the surprising hidden truth about about why you are sick and how to get well. I love doing this. I love Dr. Leo Gallon joining me here today. And guess why? Because if there's anything that we can say to you today... So you do not have to go down the pathway and have the journey that I've had and see all the people that Dr. Leo has had. This is a good day in your life. And let me just tell you, whether or not you are battling something or not battling something, seeing Dr. Leo, whether it's been on CNN, P, you know, PBS, whether it's been on television, whether you've heard him on radio, featured in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Newsweek, Self, Men's Fitness, Guess what the message is? The message is you too, you too can unlock the surprising hidden truth about why you're sick. And you know what's most important about this message from Dr. Leo is, you ready? How to get well. I love what he has done in the book. I love his message. I love the fact that he and I can have a show like this, right, folks? And there's nobody going to come on the air and say, wait a minute, Dr. Leo, I don't want you to say that on here. Don't talk about that. Or Dr. Pat, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't talk about that Lyme disease thing. So today's show is about Lyme and beyond Lyme. It is about health, it's about wellness, it's about mind-body healing, it is about the spirit, and it is certainly about you and thriving. Dr. Gallen, working, I, 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 just so great to have you here. Welcome to the show. It's really great to be talking with you today, um, Dr. Pat. Yeah. Um, you were talking about driving just now? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, there's, some, there's an amazing 
set of studies that were done related to driving while allergic. Yes. And since the topic of driving came up, yes, I, I just want to tell you about them. This tell research, me. This research was done in the Netherlands um, at the University of Maastricht. And what these researchers did was they took people who had pollen allergies and they tested their driving skills on a closed course out of season when there was no pollen in the air. They then exposed them to tiny doses of the pollen to which they were allergic and retested them. The pollen exposure in these people with allergies impaired their driving performance to the same extent as having a blood alcohol level of 0.05%, which is the legal limit in many places and is the amount that most people get from two cocktails. And, you know, so it really gives you pause to think, like, what is the impact of allergies on motor vehicles, motor vehicle accidents? And there's 60 million people in this country who have um, nasal allergies. And, um, I mean, so that was a very interesting yeah. study. And, but it, the importance of it goes beyond driving because... Yeah. Uh, you know, you talked about the mystery illness. Yeah. I see so many people with chronic fatigue, um, um, brain fog, sleep yeah. disturbances, mood disturbances, and a whole range of other problems that don't directly involve the brain, but many of them do involve the brain. And, and very often, a hidden allergy underlies those problems. And in order to reverse symptoms, that allergy needs to be identified and treated. I love that you're talking about this because you opened the book. And by the way, for those of you just tuning in, The Allergy Solution, Dr. Leo Gallen joining me here today. But here's what I want to say about this, right? You know, you open the book and you say, Introduction the New Mystery Disease. No kidding, right? I mean, I reflect back on a childhood, and that's why I was so excited to talk with you. You know, like you, you're on the East Coast. I grew up on the East Coast. You know, I moved to New Jersey, and allergy is an understatement, Dr. Lear, when we're talking about that. Allergy was an understatement for me. I can't tell you. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't. I mean, it was just so overwhelming, And yet at the same time, you know, we're not really looking at the full scope of allergy. You know, is it just pollen or is it something else? And I would love for you to talk about that. You know, aren't you really writing a new narrative about allergy, one that really, really addresses some of the things that some people have been saying for years, but nobody would really listen to? Yeah, I think a new narrative is a great description of of what we've done. Um, with the book and the the origins of that narrative actually there are two of those mm-hmm. one is clinical experience you know I've been treating patients with allergic disorders for decades and I've seen the many different ways in which allergies affect people and the many different environmental and nutritional and life factors that impact on allergy. And so that was the original impetus for this book. But in the course of writing it, I and my son, Jonathan, who wrote it with me, did extensive reviews 
of the scientific literature. I mean, I'm always, I'm always digging into the scientific right. literature and presentations. I know, me too. But when you start writing a book, you, you go way beyond that. And, and it's always, every time I do this, it's amazing to me to see how much of what I've observed clinically that has been ignored by mainstream medicine is actually supported by scientists doing research, often in other, in other countries, not in the U.S., but it's there in these well-done studies that, that, that what I'm seeing happening with patients actually is consistent with what scientists are demonstrating in clinical research trials, in laboratory studies, and it bringing those two narratives together mm-hmm. really has helped me to make sense of this phenomenon that we're seeing yeah. in the world, this explosive increase in allergies, the multiple ways it's affecting people, and the ways out of the epidemic. Because yeah. the epidemic has well-defined causes, and that leads to well-defined solutions. Yeah. You know, I love this because, listen, this is a real story. I mean, this is what's really happening. You know, I have a very close friend of mine who is driving on the back roads of where she lives in a very, very, uh, what's the word? You know, the farm country of New Jersey, central, central west New Jersey, right? And driving on the road one day, driving, 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 and the next thing you know, the car is flipped over. And, you know, here you are in this world, and it's really clear she's sensitive to allergies, right? But yet to have a conversation with anybody about that, you might as well. It's almost better off if you're from another planet because up until what you've written in your book, you know, insurance insurance companies are not like, nope, that sounds like you had some pre-existing condition and that's what happened. And by the way, then you go to the medical test, right? And they can't find anything. They, they're not fine. There's nothing really wrong with you. Oh, wait a minute. Except maybe you've got severe allergies. How do we help with, you know, taking this narrative now and putting it in the hands of people so that they can literally get an audience to what's really going on with them? Well, that's the reason I wrote the book. Yeah. And and we included in the book there are about 500 references to the scientific literature. So if you take this to your doctor, <laughs> you know, you can you can show the doctor the studies that that talk about the the multiple different effects of allergy, um, the role of food allergies in conditions where people don't ordinarily suspect food allergies. Um, and the and the approaches you know so the what I did was I, I started with, we started with a description of the many faces of allergies yes. and uh, self-assessment, how you can decide if you have a hidden allergy, uh, and then moved on to, okay, these are some of the things that you can do to begin to reverse allergies. Because one of the uh, important misconceptions, tragic mis- misconceptions about allergy, actually, is that, well, you know, this is all genetic, you're born with this, and um, all you can do is suppress it with drugs, mm. which then can create way more problems. Right. But allergies are reversible because their causes are environmental and nutritional. I mean, about 100 years ago, almost nobody had allergies. That's right. 
You know, I, I mean, it was really an obscure disorder. And um, over the past hundred years, there's been a progressive and steady increase in, in allergies, uh, first with conditions like hay fever and sinus infections, uh, and then asthma got recruited in, yep. and, and, and then food allergies. And the proven incidence of food allergies in the U.S. and England tripled between about 1995 and 2010. Um, so, you know, so, I mean, this is, this is continuing to expand. A billion people in the world now have allergies. And, and this is not due to their genes. The genetics aren't changing. What is changing are environment and, um, and nutrition as well. And, and what I identified in the allergy solution is the interaction between nutrition and food and these different layers of the uh, levels of the environment that create allergy. So there's the outdoor environment, which is basically air pollution, the factors contributing to global warming. It's not the temperature itself, the temperature, increasing um, temperatures and climate change prolong the pollen season, but what really drives the pollen count higher is the carbon dioxide in the air, and then the diesel exhaust particles and, and other kinds of particulate air pollution bind to allergens, make them more damaging to our lungs and, and our noses and our skin. So we've got that whole component of the environment. Indoors, there are 100,000 chemicals that we inadvertently bring into our homes. Many of them um, can promote allergy. Um, formaldehyde, for example, which is found in pressed wood and glued wood products and particle board, very good documentation on that. And then there's the internal environment in our, in our GI tracts, the microbes living in our gut. And, and there's really excellent research which indicates that depletion of beneficial gut, gut microbes and the loss of biodiversity of these microbes yeah. is yet a third factor in creating allergy. Yeah. I mean, what I love about what you've put in the book, and it, there are many things I love, but the thing that I'm really struck by, of course, being a researcher, <laughs> kind of myself, is this idea of how you're connecting the dots. And today, of course, we're going to talk about Lyme disease, but, you know, for many of us that have gone down this pathway and are well enough to come back and talk about it, because, you know, for me, um, I was literally looking at a wheelchair in 2008. So the fact that I'm even sitting here talking with you, continuing to do this, it, it's nothing short of the miracle. But I will say that I had to go down the pathway that you now are taking people down. You know, it's the pathway where we, we get to do the research on our own bodies, the research on what's going on inside of us. And that's what I was really struck by in what you've written. Um, I want to ask you this. What do you see as the greatest challenge that people face in addressing allergies? What do you, what do you see is up in our faces about this? Well, 
the greatest challenge? That's a really good question. So let mm-hmm. me think about that. Sure. You know, I sure. Th- the ultimate challenge, because, mm-hmm. you know, what the greatest challenge is for one individual may be yeah. different than for another. <laughs> but the ultimate challenge is the world in which we live because of the commercial interests that dominate that world. Uh, I'll just give you an example of a study that was actually done where you live in Seattle, yeah. we talk about in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a study that, uh, for, first of all, let me just say that from the perspective of allergy, it's been pretty well established that synthetic fragrances promote inflammation in the nose mm-hmm. and predispose to allergies. Because inflammation breaks down the protective linings of our, that are, of our different tissues mm-hmm. and allows allergy to occur. Um, so... There was a fascinating study done in Seattle um, by researchers at the University of Washington where um, she looked at the effect of clothes dryers on air quality. And she ran in uh, different homes. She ran, would have run a clothes dryer with just either empty or with ordinary clothes that had just been washed in it. But then she added a dryer strip or had the clothes washed in, um, in something that, was, that had fragrance to it, mm. you know, like, a, like a, a detergent with fragrance. And the number of different chemicals um, that, can't, that were vented onto the street or into the backyard from the clothes that had been washed with the fragrance detergent mm. Uh-huh. Uh, it was really astronomical. Uh, and some of these um, are potential carcinogens. They're all irritants. Um, and she actually had to move to Australia to continue her research. Uh-huh. The fragrance industry in this country was is so big and so powerful, it, she couldn't get more funding. Mm. And so I would say the ultimate challenge are the social forces that yeah. we are up against, oh, boy. Um, you know, yeah. that, that are polluting the air, that are, that are um, misleading people, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, about what they need to have in their homes. Oh, the air smells terrible here. You should spray a, <laughs> a chemical air freshener into it. That doesn't right. give you clean air. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's um, the widespread use of antibiotics and pesticides. Oh, in um, you know, in animal feed, that then contributes to um, you know that des- that destroys the healthy bacteria living in our bodies. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of personal choices that that can be made to limit your exposure. Um, but ultimately, there are these social forces that we need to deal with. Yeah, and as uh, and they impact not only on us, they impact on the whole world and, and the population as a whole. Yeah. But fortunately, for, for an individual, there are a lot of choices that you can make. And so in the short run, the challenge is getting the knowledge to make those choices. And that's 
what I try to address in the allergy solution. Yeah, you do. I have to say, you do a fantastic job because there are a couple of things in here that I love about the way mm. you're introducing this to us, which was never really introduced. I am that person that you just referenced. You know, mm. I am the person that grew up as a kid and then we moved to New Jersey. And then in my 20s uh, and on, uh, all of a sudden now, I had sinus infection after sinus infection after sinus infection. I mean, it was like all the time. And knew very little at the time about that, right? You know, not many people walking up and saying, maybe you'd be allergic to something. And it was always classified, Dr. Leo, as pollen. But haven't, you know, isn't this particular narrative, this conversation, now this is pollen plus. It's pollen plus, right? Because oh, we're yeah. talking about a ton of other things here. Right. I mean, it's, you know, uh, first of all, there are chemicals mm -hmm. that either are allergens or that make you more allergic. There are, there's mold, which is a, you know, in the Northwest, I'm sure that that has to be a pretty challenging issue. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's so damp up there. Oh. I mean, you know, mold is not only a source of major allergens, it's a source of toxins. And those, um, in fact, to some extent, allergic reactions are an attempt by your body to protect against toxicity when other protective measures fail. Mm. And so the total toxic load that you're exposed to will influence how allergic you are. I mean, it's mm. the interplay of many different factors. The good news is that each of these can be dealt with. You just yeah. have to be able to identify them um, and work systematically to change them. Yeah. I mean, I, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, you know, I would love to talk with you about what you call in the bush, in the book, mission detoxable. And the reason that this is so important, it's because it really pinpoints why this is a new narrative. You see, because generally when we're talking about allergies, even a decade ago, there's nobody really talking about some of the things you're talking about. And I was, I have to tell you, I live in the coffee state. And I will tell you that I was thrilled to hear that the, the little paragraph or two or three paragraphs you have in here about joining the homemade coffee revolution. When we come back, what does mission detoxable mean? And why is this more than just uh, some kind of fad? What is it that we're now learning from Dr. Leo about this? And how does this begin the process and I don't mean just for allergies. I mean Lyme disease. What is it about, you know, walking into the doctor and, and a doctor that knows a little something and who says to you, here's what we're going to do. Stop eating everything white and, you know, make sure you're not doing this and please don't do this right now and drink plenty of this, this or this. Where are they going with that? Well, that's why we've got Dr. Leo Gallant here. When we come back, we're going to talk about the three-day power wash and a lot more. We're going to give you information about his website, how you can get a copy of the book. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Pat. 
The Ancient Inca Root Vegetable Market is world-renowned for its wide array of health benefits. As a family-run company of true market specialists, the market team's mission is to provide you with fresh, organic, premium-quality maca powders at a fair price. Amazing. All of the products are always organically grown, fair-traded, GMO-free, fresh, and potent. So don't take my word for it. Experience the life-changing benefits of maca today. Visit themacateam.com. Francine Vale is a being of light. She believes that all people of planet Earth are as well. As co-host of the Angel Healer Radio Show, Francine teaches you heart-centered ways to manifest healing on your own behalf and how to integrate love more fully into your daily life. Connect with your angels as you find your life flowing with ease and harmony. Walk the path of light with Francine and Dr. Pat Basili every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease. Hey everybody, welcome back to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat, joined here by Dr. Nusheen Darvish. Dr. Pat Basili and Dr. Nusheen Darvish will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day. I'm so excited to be talking about this. We have so much to share. Dr. Darvish and I are planning to do is connect the dots. People suffering with all sorts of chronic diseases, it's time. It is time for them to transform. Tune into Lyme Talk Radio and help keep our mission strong. For the loyal listeners out there that have been listening to this incredible show on Lyme disease, we are not going to let you down. We're going to come through stronger and enrich the platform for Lyme disease awareness through Lyme Talk Radio. The message will continue. The conversations will become stronger and the healing epic. Do you want to achieve your goals? Do you want to strengthen relationships with others? Do you want to improve your financial status? Colette Marie Steffen is partnering with Mark Kettenbach to bring you an energetic upgrade online experience launching in April. Unfold and develop your full potential. Visit energeticupgrade.com today for more information. That's energeticupgrade.com. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Pat. Many of you have heard me talk about the Lyme disease epidemic going on right now in the world. I want to tell you about my friends at Results RNA. They have now created an entire Lyme support system for immune system support, detoxification, rejuvenation, and neurological healing. Please visit ResultsRNA.com to learn more. And for first-time orders, you'll receive a special 10% discount. All you have to do is type in Dr. Pat at checkout. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's so great to have you here on the show. I am so thrilled. And just so you know, uh, Dr. Leo Gallen joining me here today. Before we go ahead, uh, and we are going to talk about, you know, Mission Detoxable, um, I would love for you to let folks know, first of all, what's the best way to get a copy of the book? And also, you have a lot of information on your website. Um, Let's make sure we're giving that out to them. Could we do that, Dr. Leo? Well, sure. The, the website is easy. If you know my name, it's drgalland.com. That's D-R-G-A-L-L-A-N-D.com. And, um, and there is a load of information there. The book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, 
Um, and, um, you know, you just go to Amazon.com, mm-hmm. Leo Gallon, and it'll come up. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, okay. So we're, you know, we're going to really look at the, you know, let's follow the breadcrumbs here. And, you know, that's what I love about the way that you've written the book, but also the way that you're talking about this in the world. You know, back in 2004, by the time I got to 2008, I was about 110 pounds heavier than I am today. Um, Basically, my cells have stopped working. But everything you've written in the book explains this. You see, it explains this. Um, And then I went on the path that you describe in the book. So can you can you bring us up to date? with the state of affairs around mission detoxable. Are we ready to love it and embrace it, Dr. Gallen? Sure. Well, yeah, mission detoxable. Yeah. It, um, mission detoxable is a way of looking at your environment and understanding what you put into your environment that is toxic to your body and dysregulates your immune system. Um, some of these substances are, um, you know, may act as allergens, some just as irritants, um, but they all have the potential for dysregulating your immune system. And, you know, there are just so many chemicals in the modern world mm-hmm. that we don't need anymore, that we don't need. Do you know that every 2.6 seconds, there is a new chemical that comes out of a laboratory somewhere in the world. I mean, that's about a million new chemicals every year. Most of these are totally unregulated. And, um, you know, and they're, they're used for all sorts of purposes. We're exposed to them without knowing we're exposed to them. Mm-hmm. And the consequences can be really unexpected and disastrous. Uh, one of the ones that I really that I'd like to just talk about something called triclosan. Mm-hmm. Uh, triclosan is an um, is something that's used as an antibacterial, and it's added to soaps and shampoos, um, and toothpaste, dish detergents. It's even used in clothing. You know that um, those clothes that they sell that are not supposed to smell like gym clothes that don't right. smell bad. Right. Yeah, they don't smell bad because um, they have antibacterial substances like triclosan in them that oh. are killing bacteria. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, here's the thing about something like that. When, if you use or, your, or touch anything that has triclosan in it, it's absorbed through your skin, and it travels throughout your body. There were researchers at the University of Michigan who measured the level of triclosan inside the nose of people and found that half the population has triclosan coming out of their nose. Now, that's crazy. I mean, you know, who would think that that's the case? Children have triclosan in their urine, and there is a direct relationship between the level of triclosan that's coming out of your body and how allergic you are. Not only that, but even though triclosan is being used to kill bacteria, it actually increases the ability of staph bacteria to grow in your tissues. Mm. So they found that 
that there was a direct relationship between the level of triclosan in, in secretions from the nose and the level of staph growing in those people's noses. Now, staph can cause really bad infections, especially sinus infections. So here you're using these, you know, we're all being exposed to these antibacterials to prevent infection, but they're actually increasing the risk of getting sinus infections. Right. And then, but there's an effect of staph that most people don't know about. Staph itself produces toxins, and these toxins, you swallow them. When if you have staph growing in your nose, you swallow them along with mucus because everybody, whatever is in your nose or whatever you breathe in, you wind yeah. up swallowing. Yeah. And it, so these staph toxins called superantigens travel down your digestive tract and they dysregulate your immune system. You then start to become allergic to the foods that you're eating because the staph that is growing in your nose as a result of being, you're being exposed to triclosan is dysregulating your immune system and making you become more allergic to food that you eat. Mm. And that's the kind of um, vicious cycle that I see occurring over and over again in our different environments that are, that's creating the allergy epidemic. Yeah. Now, so what can you do about it, aside from not using triclosan? Well, I well, mean, this there, is really the question, though. But, you know, more, most importantly, it's having a show like this and a conversation like this, because isn't awareness the first step? And, absolutely. you know, if we're not going to talk about it and you're not going to really get a conversation like this on the major networks, pretty much, because chances are if we mention that that spray thing that you spray in your house and that's a sponsor of the show. Oh, that's not so good. Oh. But see, the good news about this is. I'm actually the network owner, and we don't have rules like that. And so, you know, part of this, isn't it to really help people connect the dots, help people really recognize, wow, this thing may be going on, this stuffy nose that I have going on here. Oh, and wait a minute. Can we, you and I talk for a minute about brain fog? I mean, yeah. nobody even thinks that brain fog can be part of an allergy process, Right. And, you know, if you're over 65 and you start walking around with brain fog, you know where you end up with that, right? Sure. Right. Um, but isn't this really important to start to tease these apart, Dr. Gallen, to start to pull these apart so that people have informed, intelligent information and know the questions to ask when they go to see their doctors, right? Yes, that is absolutely important. Mm -hmm. And and that. Um, for you know, you can't rely on your doctor to 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 know everything that's important about you. Doctors are very busy, so you need to be you need to be aware. You need to be informed, and that's the only way that you can work with your doctor. You have to be, you know, and and you know something you talk about in the book as well is, you know, you're talking about some of the other things to be aware of. Now, I'm really clear when I say I was 110 pounds heavier. You know, you look at the book, right? And you have an entire chapter chapter in the book called Are Allergies Making You Fat? Are Allergies Making You Fat? Well, you know, most people or most doctors we'd go to, they cannot connect, they, they're not going to connect the dots. But I will tell you, in my case, 
allergies, plus a bunch of other things as well. And, you know, is this really for folks to understand this is what's going on in our body? And by the way, what about stress? How about meat, uh, milk, and wheat? And I wanted to ask you this question, Dr. Leo. Are you surprised about the degree by which, you know, gluten is now showing up in the mainstream or gluten allergies showing up in the um, mainstream? No, I think it's a really good thing that there's uh, been such a growing awareness of mm-hmm. gluten sensitivity as a source of problems. Um, and uh, it isn't always just gluten. I mean, there are many no. aspects of wheat that that can be that can be challenging right. for us to to handle mm-hmm. um, and digest. The starch in wheat is very hard for humans to digest and can cause gas and bloating and um, changes in bowel movements, um, may foster the overgrowth of harmful bacteria in the gut. Mm -hmm. Um, Interestingly, a lot of the people that I see with chronic Lyme disease Mm -hmm. are sensitive to gluten and do much better Mm -hmm. when they eliminate gluten from their diets. Why do you suspect that is? Because I I have found that to be fascinating and, and true. I mean, can you help us understand the connection? Well, you know, I think there are so many levels on which Lyme disease and allergy interact. Yeah. Um, And um, Lyme, you know, as I said to you um, a little earlier, Lyme disease is really like an invasive species. Yeah. Um, it, It starts to take over a community. It starts to take over your medical practice. Um, these organisms have very um, complex effects on the way on your immune system. Mm-hmm. I've seen Lyme be the cause of allergy in some patients. Yeah, even chemical sensitivity, which wow. then improves when the Lyme is treated. Mm-hmm. But the treatments itself can be hazardous. Especially if you if you have to rely on antibiotic treatments, right? Because the antibiotics then disrupt the ecology of your body, and and may have other subtle effects on your cells mm-hmm. that and your immune system that make you more allergic. So it's this becomes a difficult area for people mm-hmm. to work through on their own. Uh, and it's really important to have a, a cooperative relationship with the health professional. Right. If Lyme is the problem that is driving your ill health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, in, the, in part of the country that you're living in, especially where I grew up, um, it is hard to fathom. Uh, someone showing up, you know, with allergies, with other symptoms, with joint pain, you name it, we could go through the list. And and there still be a doctor there that doesn't really know, A, let's go for the Lyme test, but B, let's figure out the right Lyme test to give you. But you know something, Dr. Gallen, even today, we don't have that level of awareness. You said something interesting I would love for you to talk about. You know, you said something interesting about the fact that here you are in this world of allergies, which now opens up the door for for really one of the fastest growing epidemics we have. 
um, you, you know, in, in our country and perhaps even in the world. But you're now, and you have now connected the dots between allergies and Lyme disease. So you must have patients, right, that are now coming to you in droves that do have Lyme disease. What what are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, it's, sure, I'm definitely seeing more and more people with Lyme disease. I mean, on a given day, half the patients in my practice may have Lyme, mm-hmm. and most of them well, they, they, they fall into two categories, basically. Okay. There are people who have a chronic illness, um, and no one has yet diagnosed Lyme disease, but Lyme is likely. And uh, as the cause of this multi-system, multi-symptom disorder that's been so elusive to treatment um, by other approaches, and um, that's, that's a, one half mm-hmm. of them. And the other half are people who have already been treated for Lyme mm-hmm. by other practitioners, sometimes very competent practitioners who are Lyme literate. And these are people who are believed to have chronic Lyme disease, but they're still not well. And so my job becomes trying to figure out, does is this person still infected or are we dealing with the aftermath of the infection or its treatment? Um, you know, and um, there was a study that was done at Johns Hopkins. Uh, first of all, let me say that sure. every year, according to the estimates of the CDC, there are about 300,000 people in the U.S. being treated for Lyme disease. Right. Most of these people are being treated for kind of simple acute Lyme. Um, there was a study done at Johns Hopkins in which they took a whole bunch of people who were being treated for acute Lyme disease and they followed what happened to them after their treatment. They got the standard treatment, three weeks of doxycycline or another antibiotic. And six months later, 30% of those people were still sick Mm. and not functioning nearly as well as they had been before they ever got Lyme disease. So if you extend those statistics, it means that at least 100,000 people in the U.S., every year join the ranks of the unwell because of acquiring Lyme disease. Yeah. Yeah. Now the challenge then becomes, you know, so in the course of a decade, that's a million people. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of Americans yeah. have this problem. And mm-hmm. there are very few doctors who really have a good understanding of how to treat it. So those of us who are aware of it have, uh, you know, uh, there are a lot of people who want to consult Lyme specialists for that yeah. reason. Yeah. Now- and, you know, part of what we're knowing now and what I love about this, though, is the fact that, you know, if you go back 10 years or so, you can find hardly anything about Lyme uh, anywhere. Um, of course, you know, if you lived in the Northeast in the Connecticut, Rhode Island area, sure, of course. But, you know, in the, in the regular population, not so much. You know, today we have organizations that have come up. We've got shows like this because, you know, all of us really understand much more about it. And, you know, just like you've just talked about, you know, doctors have come forth and have said, this is something we have to pay attention to. 
you know, this is the, this is the process. But part of something you said I want to really get back to, and that is that there is a solution. And you also, that's why your book is called The Allergy Solution. There is a solution, just like there's a solution to allergy. You know, there is a solution to Lyme. But it doesn't follow the grid, so to speak. I mean, it's not going to follow necessarily um, go to the doctor and get a pill, get a potion, get a lotion. While sometimes you have to do that. What we're talking about here is giving people other choices, other options, right? And I would love for you to talk about that because you do talk about uh, body. You do talk about you know, mind. I mean, you're, you are talking about that in the book, but clearly what we're putting in our bodies, we can start there. That doesn't cost us a dime, does it? Right. Right. And the, what we put in our bodies and, and what we bring into our homes are, are the places to start, uh, especially with allergies, but also with Lyme disease. Cause frankly, um, if you're highly allergic and if you live in a toxic environment and if you're eating toxic food, you're, gonna, you're not going to get better from Lyme disease. Right, right. Just as right. you're not going to get better from allergies. Right. So the approach is really overlapped substantially. Um, so, you know, the first thing to do is to, you know, is to take stock of where you live and what is there and what you're bringing into it uh, and look for the presence of mold dampness uh-huh. is a huge problem. Um, and then, in fact, among people who are being treated for chronic Lyme disease mm-hmm. or for severe aller- allergies, let's say asthma, mm-hmm. who are having a hard time getting better, environmental mold, it can be a really significant factor. Uh, and just um, remediating it can have a huge impact on your health. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is what you're eating. Um, you know, there are nutrients in food that have anti-allergic and immune-modulating effects. They include um, the things like zinc and magnesium and selenium, uh, vitamin C and vitamin E. And I'm talking about from food uh, because supplements are rarely adequate to correct these deficiencies. Mm. And yeah. most important of yeah, all... Yeah, because you're talking about nutrition, and, and, and I'm glad you pointed that out, right? Because there's a difference between supplements and nutrition, right? Yes. Yeah, but we don't know that in our society. <laughs> I don't know yeah, that we've quite figured that out. Difference. It took me a lot of years. <laughs> yes, there's a huge difference, um, and and nowhere is that clearer than with the flavonoids. Oh, mm-hmm. um, you know, bioflavonoids are naturally found in food. They, if you if you have a food that has a deep red or purple color, like blueberries or strawberries, uh, it's you know they're going to be loaded with bioflavonoids. Some bioflavonoids are colorless, and you'll find them in in other foods as well. Um, but m- spices, for example, green tea, um, mm-hmm. loaded with bioflavonoids. The thing about bioflavonoids is 
There are about 400 of these that are found in the human diet, and they definitely protect against allergy. The higher your intake of flavonoids from food, the less likely you are to become allergic. Flavonoids also, and this is really important for the people with sinusitis and food allergy, they block the ability of staph toxins to promote allergic reactions. So they they have a really important protective effect. And um, high flavonoid diets are uh, essential for optimal health. So two simple steps that you can take Mm -hmm. to begin reversing your allergies and building your immune system are to get rid of environmental toxins mm-hmm. that you can manage in your home, in your office, in the indoor environments that you have control over. Yeah. Um, and change your diet. Yeah. Cut, you know, cut back on sugar, eliminate fast foods, uh, and start eating all the vegetables and fruits and spices that are loaded with flavonoids and with minerals. Nuts and seeds also very helpful. Yeah. Because of the minerals they contain. And I want to just comment on this for a minute because you sent something really interesting. I think one of the things that we've all become more more mindful about, and you really do call this out in the book, for those of you just tuning in, Dr. Leo Gallen joining me here today, co-author with Jonathan Gallen, um, The Allergy Solution. And what Dr. Gallen has done is he has really taken us on a quite um, easy to understand journey. You know, everything from telling us about what is in vi- vitamin A, what do you want to get, what do you want to eat to do vitamin A? Boom. Cantaloupe. There's a reason that I was so drawn to cantaloupe, but more than that, you really give us a blueprint and not the kind of blueprint that is daunting, Dr. Gallon. And what I mean by that is anybody can pick up this book and you can begin the journey. That's what I love about it. But you said something interesting, and you also talk about it in the book. How important is it for us to pay attention to labels? You know, what I mean is, I know I kind of teased you a little bit about the coffee thing, but when my doctor said that I had to give up coffee, and I just wouldn't, I switched to organic, fair trade, shade-grown coffee. We have some of the best roasters on the planet right in my backyard. But there was a reason for doing it because coffee is just one of those things like other things. There is so much in there that we don't even know about. How important is it for people to really look at where they're getting their foods from? Oh, it's essential. Okay. And organic is so important because pesticides and herbicides kill the beneficial bacteria that live in your body. Mm. Um, and, and non-GMO is important. The, the issue with genetically modified foods is not so much that, well, I mean, to some extent it's, well, if it's genetically modified, maybe you're more likely to get an allergic reaction to it. You don't really know what its comp- composition is. Um, that's, I think, a legitimate um, concern. But the real concern with GMO foods is they're rendered GMO for a reason. And the main reason right now is to make them resistant to glyphosate, Roundup, you know, Monsanto's weed killer. 
herbicide. So if you have genetically modified soy or corn, for example, that's now res- that's resistant to glyphosate, then the, on these large industrial sized farms, they can just spray all their cop- crops with glyphosate. All the weeds get killed, and the the plants that they want to harvest don't get killed. The result is that the food that you're eating is going to contain glyphosate. So now you're eating glyphosate, and glyphosate is an antibiotic, mm. and it's killing beneficial bacteria. Um, in fact, it encourages the growth of mm. of harmful bacteria. Uh, you know, in chickens at least, and presumably the same effect would happen in humans. So, aware that kind of a, of awareness of food sources and environment is really critical. Yeah. And, you know, and again, we, you asked me, what's the biggest challenge that we yeah. face? Well, you know, I mean, it's the society. There's this bill in Congress. There are states that want to make GMO labeling mandatory on food that's sold in that state. Right. Well, the Congress has been considering a bill that would make it illegal for states to require that. Now, I mean, you know, this is a democracy in which, in which the federal government is now going to prevent states from requiring labeling on food. Yeah. You know, in China, a dictatorship, they actually developed an app that allows consumers to get the whole history of a food that they buy. Right. That is, that is the food has a, you know, the food has a label on it. Right. You, you, you shine a laser on this label or you scan it. Yeah. And you can get, you can find out where this food was grown, where it was processed. You can get the whole history of that piece of fruit food. And that's in a communist dictatorship. And here, in a democracy, politicians are trying to prevent us from finding out whether the food that we eat right. is genetically modified or not. Well, I'm going to invite you back because we're going to talk about this. Uh, we actually are launching a campaign that's called No Label, No Table, meaning if you yeah. don't see a label on it, do not put it on your table. And so I hope you will come back, uh, Dr. Gellin. Thank you so much for a fabulous show and all that you do. And please, I hope you will come back and we will do part two. Thank you so very much for all that you do. I'd love to do it. Awesome. I'm with him. If you're not finding something on on the label that says no GMOs, you know what? No GMO means no go. You don't buy it. Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll see you in a little bit. Have a great rest of your day. If you got to skip off, if you've missed any part of this, it will replay tonight. And by the way, the archive will be up ASAP. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Lime Talk Radio with Dr. Pat Basile. Epic healing for an epic life. This inspiring show highlights leading edge solutions, 
groundbreaking research, headline topics, and tools for holistic healing and wellness. This hit show is dedicated to raising awareness, promoting advocacy and prevention, and supporting initiatives for optimal health. Dr. Pat is passionate and focused on life-saving results reaching far beyond Lyme disease, providing a forum for powerful stories, heart-opening experiences, and hope-activated solutions. Dr. Pat will shine a light on the many shades of Lyme disease fueled by a body-mind-spirit remedy. For more information, visit LimeTalkRadio.com and tune in next time.